Okay, part two then of our eleven ways to beat the winter blues.、Uh, we, of course, covered winter in our now famous mnemonic in the part one: W I N T E R. And this time it is blues. B L U E S. Just in case anyone didn't know how to spell blues, not sure why I'm saying that. <laughs>、um, but thank you for all the. Wonderful feedback for part one. We really appreciate you getting in touch and letting us know how it helped you guys and that you enjoyed it. Please do continue to get in touch with us, not just after listening to this episode, but throughout the winter months as well. And、um, yeah, don't be a stranger. Let us know what you liked about it, what you're implementing through what you may have learned through this podcast or through any other research you've done, and we can share that message as well and help other people. Who may be looking to prevent or to beat the winter blues? So, without further ado, then、uh, I'm of course joined by Father Nature himself and Robbie, and we're going to start with the B of blues, John, which is something that you、uh, have mentioned before in this podcast: bringing the outdoors in. Yeah, we did a, a podcast on on this very subject, really, and we were talking sort of house plants. And such like, we were talking about sort of you know dressing out your interior with a lot more life and sort of just giving you that connection with plants all the time.、Uh, and I think it's it's prudent work for the sort of winter months as well.、Uh, and also, I think it's a question of being very careful about keeping curtains open all the time that it's light. And、uh, there is actually, I think we mentioned in the first of our、uh, Winter Blues podcast about the sad lamp,、uh, which、uh, my good friend used a, a lot. You could see it sort of like coming out of the the windows. And、um, a lot of our light bulbs are not meant to be great uh, for um, their sort of impact on. Potentially, our our sort of mood. I'm thinking things like fluorescent lights and such like. Also, the lights given off by screens. A lot of people have had to have like filter type things put over screens、uh, to stop them getting headaches and such like. And some people react quite badly to fluorescent lights. Now, a sad lamp is、uh, one that will actually kind of recreate the effect of sunlight and is、uh, mood enhancing again by our old friend serotonin. And I've no idea. How much they cost, but there's a recommendation that if you if you might need these, that you start on about sort of quarter of an hour exposure a day, and it might go up to sort of three hours or so, to kind of increase the intensity of your your light activity. So they're a good idea.、Mm. And、um, you can get a similar、I've, thing, can't you? A dawn alarm clock as well, which yes,、yeah, so. Yeah, a dawn alarm clock is slightly different in that I don't think they emit the particular light, the light levels that the sad lamps do. But they they start off a bit like natural day, fairly、um, sort of like muted light, and it just gradually increases in intensity. And for me, I think if you know, it must be quite a nice way if you're if you do need to get up at sort of. Six or something, you know, before before we get our sort of civil twilight, as we can call it now,、uh, then you can get one of these. And I think if that was sort of 
linked with i think you've got a dawn chorus audio alarm but something like that would make make quite a good uh a good combination and certainly worth a try i mean when, when you look at these things and you might think yeah but it's you know it's 200 quid or whatever and i'm i'm only plucking that name out but i would keep asking the question how much is your well-being worth you know i apply this to anything that might contribute to feeling great at this time of year it might be that you do need to invest in something but if it means you're feeling good for that time it's surely got to be money well spent Mm. and you mentioned as well having your house not too warm yeah not too warm i mean it's again it's one of these things where i i think the body needs to actually sort of feel the the effect of the season in order to enhance it um i don't know if that's quite the right way of putting it but for me if and it sounds sort of old-fashioned but sort of like you know if you're wearing a decent pair of let's say you're indoors and you've got decent socks decent slippers and a good old-fashioned woolly on then you're going to be warm uh you, as you know, I'm a bit on the tight side, so my thermostat, my thermostat is set quite low. We'll get the log burner going if we're going to be in. Um, and obviously, if you're sort of like entertaining or if you're doing something very inactive, like, um, you know, watching TV or something like that, then you are going to want it a degree or two higher. But actually... For me, I think it's counterproductive in in more ways than one, not least environmentally, but to be slomicking around in bare feet and a T-shirt with the heating blaring out. So I'd, I'm, I, I prefer it cooler. I, I, I think if for me, if a, a place gets too warm, I, I start to feel a bit lethargic and a bit sort of soporific, which I don't want to feel. And uh, so, yeah, I, I say... Keep it a little bit, you know, if you're out there doing your cooking in the kitchen, this, that and the other, you don't need it warm out there because you're flying around the kitchen doing your doing your stuff. You know, it's it's an active stuff. It's to be enjoyed. So, but you just think about how warm do you need it? Sitting doing paperwork? Yeah, you want to be comfortable. Actually, you know, doing doing things like, you know, whether it's housework or, you know, stuff where you're on foot, so to speak then you don't need it to warm. And you certainly don't need a warm bedroom. You're under a duvet, for goodness sake. So yeah. have a warm uh, degrees. Yeah. <laughs> we very much took that approach at university. We very rarely had the heating on uh, mm. for this purpose. Yes, I think I might have uh, inherited that tightness with heating and yeah. um, inflicted it upon my poor housemates at university. Padlocked the thermostat at yeah. university. Yeah. <laughs> right, if you have listened to... Part one of our 11 ways to beat the winter blues, you'll know that what we're doing, what we're asking you to do is write down our mnemonic uh, in either a notepad or your phone and write down what each letter stands for. But also, uh, Rob, and, uh, you know, if you listen to to any of us and you think that a particular tip is worthwhile to drop that down as well. Um, Rob's got some specific tips for each point. So uh, what is your first one, Robbie? 
So I think we've touched on it and there's obviously a lot of tips that John's given there with regards to sad lamps and, uh, you know, different kind of alarm clocks, etc. But something that I'm keen on is, uh, is using, is using houseplants to bring the outdoors in. So I've got three winter friendly houseplant tips, uh, to give, nice. but obviously if you go to a garden center or anything, then they'd be able to advise essentially what you're looking for is a plant that can withstand the colder air temperatures, doesn't need a humid environment environment it and doesn't need an abundance of sunlight um so the three tips i've got is firstly a snake plant which is pretty much like if you look in any kind of house plant book it's deemed unkillable basically it needs very little daylight doesn't need a humid environment um, yeah, they're very yeah i've got one they're interesting to look at um, you can get them in all shapes and sizes um so there'll be one that's fit for wherever you're looking to put one mother-in-law's so tub yeah, exactly. Mother-in-law's tongue is uh, is another word for them. Uh, um, the second is an aspidistra. Uh, so I don't actually have one of these, but it's quite leafy if you're looking for a, if you like those kind of plants. Other name for this one is the cast iron plant because it's again really it's like indestructible basically. Um, it doesn't need much light. It can be put anywhere. Um, so that's another one to look out for. And then third and finally uh, is an aloe plant. So like an aloe vera, um, obviously has practical uses and can be used for if you um, have a burn or anything like that. But um, these will need a bit of sunlight. So you w- we'd want to put it nearer to a window if you have one, either an east or west facing window. But it, they're, part, they're perfectly fine in the colder months and they can actually flower in the winter. So if you're looking for something that potentially can have a flower then then aloe is a good way to go um so yeah any of those three obviously would be my tips but there's so much research on this and if you look at anything online or if you speak to any garden center they'd have a load of tips as to which plants can um, persevere and flourish over winter excellent stuff okay right father l stands for look for spring yep very much so um so this doubles up in a lot of our things in the sort of get outside obviously so get outside and we're just looking not only looking but listening uh and we're looking at plants if you go out literally right now you'll see some of our trees already starting to prepare for spring and this is even before some of them have lost their leaves uh, so we've got little catkins forming on the hazel and the birch and such like. Not only have a look, have a close look, because this is great. This is progress. This is uh, sort of, you know, things are moving on. Whatever you think of winter, it's transient. And, you know, if, if, you're, if you're suffering a bit, then to know that sort of spring is, as they say, round the corner is a great thing. One of the other things I think is um, uh, quite useful sometimes also is to if you watch programs like country file or winter watch stuff like that they actually give you the televised sort of inspiration if you like to go looking for certain things it's usually sort of obviously nature-based things like that but also if you do get a, a sort of bit of a walk in the countryside you might see um, what you call sort of like winter activities taking place in things like farming or in woodland management. You know, winter is the time when people do hedge laying, 
when people do coppicing work, charcoal making, there's lots of uh, crops get planted uh, during uh, most of our grains these days are winter sown. So you'll see uh, the effects of like fields that have been ploughed and then uh, sown with wheat and barley and such like, and you'll see lots of new growth. And you're thinking to yourself, yeah, things are generally moving on. So... You know, it's that business of be outside and sort of recognise that things are moving on. See what they're seeing on Winter Watch and then think, actually, I might be able to see that. Let's go to the local park, see what's going on. And we'll do that on our Instagram as well. Absolutely, yeah. Keep people up to date with sort of, um, you know, it's just things to look for. And if you don't find what you're looking for, you'll find other stuff. That's that's the beauty of nature. It's it is sort of all around us, and it's abundant. And you'll find the nature that's pertinent to wherever you live. So it might be that what you were looking for, after all, was something inside yourself. Oh, I like it. Well, that will <laughs> get cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Um, and also appreciating viewpoints as well. John, we said going for a, a, a walking in nature was our first of the mnemonic, um, mm. but experiencing it from a great height. You're told if you sort of have difficulty meditating, go somewhere with a view so that you can just watch and look and it allows your eyes that long distance thing. Some people find it easy to meditate with um, <clears throat> looking at clouds or at water that's in movement. But somewhere with a view is proven to be very relaxing on the mind. If you've got a jumbled up mind, then walk to a high spot. That's going to get your heart thumping. That's going to be a good exercise. And just look at the view. And, you know, you, whether you choose that to try and practice uh, meditation or whether you just want to be really interested in the view I was up in the um, in the Malverns uh, a couple of weeks ago and actually uh, the weather was uh, pretty grim really we had driving rain for a lot of it but by going up high and I've got a feeling I put um, I put some of this on the Instagram if not I'll, I'll redo it but um by going up high, you actually saw the weather in a slightly different context because we we hit a couple of dry spots where we'd be looking, but in the distance, you could see where the clouds and the accompanying rain were just moving across the landscape, and it was it's actually lovely to watch, quite wonderful to watch. And uh, so, yes, if you can get up high, then you know it'll be a treat. Okay, Robbie, what have you got for us? So I think, yeah, the main one that uh, has been covered is obviously plan a walk. And we've said, you know, that's early. We've said that earlier in the mnemonic. Um, so on those walks where you're with people, really take a look and observe what um, what you're seeing and, um, you know, try and spot those early signs of spring. Something that I want to throw in, um, which so, and I don't know, by the time this goes out, we might just be in time to still be able to do it, but I think it's worth mentioning for future years, etc. So I spoke to my adorable nanny um, a couple of weeks ago when she was prepping for the winter, and she said, uh, you know, when the day I spoke to her, I said, oh, what have you been doing? And she had been out planting bulbs um, for next year um, because she said 
it's something that she really likes doing is that she'll plant the bulbs sort of autumn, late autumn time. Um, and that will give her, you know, if she really looks forward to them coming through in spring. So she's been planting... I think it was hyacinths and tulips, which gives her a real burst of colour in her garden, which she looks out on when she's, you know, in the kitchen or in the dining room. And that gives her a little lift. And I thought that's a great way, actually, just uh, to know that you've got something coming. And it goes with all of the benefits we've said in the past around growing your own, whether it be stuff indoors or outdoors and, um, you know, spending more time in the garden. Mm. So, yeah, that's something else I wanted to throw in. That's a great Mm. tip. And just to clarify, you do the same as me. uh, But when you say nanny, you're afraid to grandma uh, and yes. not the hugely profitable um father nature podcast has managed to get you a full-time nanny um, <laughs> but uh, that just reminds me rob i uh, can't quite believe i'm saying this do you remember at uni when i planted daffodils <laughs> i don't know which year was that uh, it was i think it was the the first year that we moved into the house together Right, and I planted right. daffodil. I think I was the only university student <laughs> in the country Planting to daffs. plant daffodils. You had it fast. Locked yeah, but they're still there now. <laughs> and all those lovely students that are following on will get their lift. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And they've got me to thank for that. Yeah, pass it on, as they say. Pass it on. Okay, let's move on to you then. And I'm actually going to take the floor here. Um, yeah. because this is something that uh, I was thinking about in the run-up to uh, doing this podcast for you guys. And uh, the U stands for Undertake Something New. Now, what I'm going to say is, sort of to counter that, it doesn't necessarily have to be something new. It could be something old that you, you pick up again or basically anything. But what I want people to think about is a winter blues activity a specific winter blues activity or hobby or challenge um and what this is is whenever you begin to feel uh winter bluesy let's say for want of a better phrase or you can feel it starting to come on you automatically almost non-negotiably do this thing so you channel it into it could be something creative so for example let's say you start to feel a little bit bluesy and straight away you pull out a a, a notepad and start drawing or painting or uh, journaling mm-hmm. or you say okay well um, i'm feeling a bit bluesy i'm gonna do my winter blues challenge which is to to go for a, a 5k run or just have something that you have labeled a winter blues activity and whenever you start to feel that way you switch your attention to doing something fun enjoyable creative challenging um just to try and stimulate your brain and refocus it on something positive as opposed to the feelings that you may uh, be feeling um so as i say you is undertake something new but what i mean by that really is um to have a winter blues activity does that make sense john it makes i, I think it's a fantastic idea i um I, I think it's really good i think we should that that should almost be our sort of right if you just do one thing from all of this that we've been uh, talking about th- this is your homework have a think about it and do please let us know the sort of thing you can do because i 
it's almost like um, I've heard of such a thing being called, I think it's called distraction technique or something, where it's if people are thinking of giving up something, whether it's sort of, you know, like a, a toxin or whatever, um, whenever they get um, get the urge to, you know, have a cigarette or whatever, they distract themselves by obliging themselves to do something else. And, it, you know, it can be, as you say, it can be whatever. Um, but I think that's a, a really, I think it's a great idea because it also is asking us to almost monitor how we're feeling. You know, are we feeling sort of just a bit hungover one morning or is it starting to bite a bit? Are we starting to feel a bit down? Uh, in which case right, we're going to try this. And I like the idea of the journaling because I think it's really important that we all build up information on how we're feeling, what what might be affecting it. Uh, and I like the idea of dipping in and out of sort of exercise because if, if, if people are feeling down, they're unlikely, to be honest, to commit to a 5K. But if if, if it's something a bit less you know, a brisk stroll or something like that, you know, it, they'll find something that works for them. So, no, yeah. love the idea. Or, or something creative, as I mentioned, you know, yeah, like yeah. Pick, picking up um, drawing or painting. And I always think it's mm. that we do those things as children and we really enjoy doing them. We don't do them enough as adults and, um, you know, mm. particularly doing art might be... Or another great thing would be to sit down and, and play an instrument for X amount of time or, or try learning that um, yeah. or reading, anything, just to have your one thing which you turn to uh, and you know that, that you can use to help you. What do you think, Rob? No, I love it. I think, um, yeah, I've been, there's a couple that I'm thinking of that come to mind straight away. So I've been learning, starting to learn a language over the last couple of months, which has been really good. I've really enjoyed um, and I want to try and continue that um, through the winter months. Um, reading as well as I think we've said, you know, it's not something new to me, but it's something I haven't been doing as much as I should have done in the last couple of months. And I've really enjoyed it. And it's like the moment I'm just reading a biography, which is I'm finding really interesting. But I think we've got a couple of books downstairs which are focused on kind of like scandinavian ways of living and how you know positive attitudes and positive outlooks and i think actually books like that if you're into reading reading's your thing like it would be a great thing to pick up and that be your winter blues activity if mm. if you're ever starting to feel um you know in a bit of a negative mind space picking up a book around positivity or quite a practical book i think is a great one as well mm. um and and something that i think we'll will come on to in a, in a future episode within this mini series which which i think would be good for this in particular something that Liv is, is amazing with is like homemaking things and she and I think especially with Christmas coming up like I know Liv has plans to like make her own wreath and like look at things that outside what she can kind of decorate and use as decorations for Christmas and things like that and I think um, you know like you say arts and crafty to be creative with it and channel your energy into something positive is would be uh, would be massive so yeah they're, mm. they're the things that are on the top of my head anyway Right, okay, the E of blues then is establish future plans, John. And what we mean by this is putting things in the diary to look forward to both during and after winter as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we've, we've spoken a lot about um, 
sort of what to do on a day-to-day basis and uh, all that is very pertinent but it's always fabulous to have something to look forward to um, as Rob was saying about his nan planting the bulbs it's fantastic to have something like that so you know I, I take that on board massive it's a it's a great time to sit down if you've got a bit of a garden or you enjoy your plants like that get yourself a seed catalogue or go through your you know a website from a seed supplier and choose yourself some things to grow for the next year order them it's sort of something to look forward to um it's kind of a good time i mean i think this is why new year's resolutions actually started to sort of become a thing uh because people need something to look forward to sort of before if you like the 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 sort of the new year explodes into light and heat and fertility and such like but um one of the things i i think is is also quite might be quite uplifting to do we we mentioned about the need for um sort of keeping a, a sharp eye on our our mental health because of things like uh, the consequences of um, of COP and such like. I think coming out of that, there could be some really positive resolutions that we make. We always think that sort of coming to heal from a sort of like a green perspective means sacrifice a lot of the time. And I'm sure that, that can just easily be twisted on its head. The, these are positive moves that are going to do you everyone else and the environment good and so as such it's going to if you sort of not even i think commit is too stronger a word i think adopt this sort of strategy of right let's go with let's see where this environmental movement is at the moment um it's important i think with environmental matters to be an activist a a participant if you like it's you know it's this whole thing about sort of you know words are just words and thoughts are just thoughts it's actions that 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 really matter so you know we've often said in the podcast we're committed to actually improving our own little space we're we're committed to perhaps you know putting into play things in the garden we had our, our lovely pond episodes where we're thinking well the the pond is there for our sake clearly but the presence of it is so much more satisfying because it benefits so much of wildlife so i think if we can apply that sort of thing ourselves a lot of us are really anxious about uh global warming at the moment and we're thinking well actually let's make ourselves a bit better by seeing what we can sort of contribute or like changing your energy company is it a green energy company you know sort of if not a green a totally green energy uh, company then consider moving to them or at least make sure you're on the green tariff things like that i think are important because and it's not to feel smug it's just that you don't sort of carry so much of a guilt burden if you like when you do fire the old heating on uh, and I think sort of buying into the, you know, as you go, go, go around town or something, are you going to be, are you going to feel better about buying your in-season British produce uh, 
for maybe most of your meals, we, we don't want to be sort of hard and fast. We're going to go without our oranges and bananas because obviously it's become part of our fabric. But is there the opportunity to buy organic bananas, for instance? Can you afford them? If not, just be aware of it. So I, I think future plans also could include things like, well, we've we've all had a lot of thoughts about our sort of journeys and our travel plans and things like that because of covid uh are we going to do our few uh, our travel plans in our country this year or you know we're going to do a staycation are we going to do an experience rather than just a sort of like a, a few days away all those things they're part of the the planning the optimistic planning which i i think is going to be quite uplifting it's an interesting take on it. I guess when uh, when I was thinking about establishing future plans, I was thinking more about um, making sure that you could look at your diary and think, okay, uh, I've got this, this, and this to look forward to. So making sure that yeah. you know it is as full as uh, you would like it to be, and and have specific things that it, you know it might be a gig or, as you say, a staycation yeah. for a couple of days, um, and, yeah, and also beyond you know having you know something beyond winter as well and be like oh i can't Mm. wait for um this in you know the early months of spring but just making sure that you know each and every week you've got something that you you really look forward to i think that harps back to what we're talking about in uh in the earlier uh podcast about the social cohesion and i think i think you're dead right it's our diaries don't really need to change too much um, for winter, full stop. But I think it's really important also, we've got things like, you know, uh, the, the winter solstice, we've got Yule, we've got um, Christmas, we've got New Year's Day, we've got um, wassailing. And in between that, we've got our commitment to keep in touch with our buddies and our friends and and such like um and they should be in the diary week in week out what's your take on it rob yeah no i mean it's 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 an interesting one like so in 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 research in um in preparation for this kind of mini series i was looking at you know there's there's countries that are deemed to be some of the most happy in the world in the sort of scandinavian region and they have the harshest of winters and um you know short days etc and i read a really interesting quote and a really interesting um you know thought um pattern really with uh, with locals out there that were saying it's not the sun that makes people happy generally it's people and it's mm. like be it the interaction and it's like so they're saying you know you could be their their outlook is as long as we're seeing each other and we're interacting and we've got plans yeah. etc then that's what makes us happy the weather is almost irrelevant to that and i thought actually that's a really interesting point and if it does come yeah. back to um you know this and this point in particular to say that it is you know hopefully when we are planning and you know making regular um check-ins and catch-ups with our pals doing whatever then that is obviously going to make us feel better um the thing that i'm going to try and do and it's big for me is that i know over say the christmas period i won't have a shortage of plans because it's quite a social time of year but 
generally speaking the kind of things i'll be doing will involve drinking and that's not always great for me like especially the days after like you know, i can suffer from that for quite a bit so the things that i'm thinking about is what can i do or how can i see people in a way that a i'm getting the benefits from you know the social interaction without any of the negative downside and so for me i'm looking um and the negative downside in those instances for me is like you know i do suffer with anxiety or you know low moods if I've had too much to drink, etc. And I'm like conscious of that now. So for me, it's like, what plans can I do that I know are going to make me feel only good. And so it's if I'm meeting up with friends, you know, can I meet them for a hot drink? Or can I go out for brunch or breakfast? And, you know, things that I know are going to be conducive to me feeling good and feeling, you know, happy to have done something without any negative whatsoever. And so that's what I'm conscious of. And um, yeah, it would be, you know, my tip for, yeah. for making future plans. Okay, chaps, we've reached the last of our letters then in Winter Blues, and it is the S, of course, and uh, we will just start this by saying something that we've said throughout, and we don't have medical backgrounds, we're not doctors, and this is what this point really relates to, isn't it, Dad? Because the Mm. S is seek help, and just explain to our, our listeners what we mean by that. Well, I think sort of it's become apparent that sort of like any mental health condition that you're seen as suffering, you need help with, that you should not sort of like almost tolerate it. Share it, try to sort of gauge the extent that it is having an effect on your life and work out a strategy to deal with it. It could well be that medical intervention is the way you need to go it could be that sort of you just need um so the uh support if you like of specific support groups and i would like to mention actually that there is a seasonal affective disorder association um which we'll put the link on the podcast i'm sure uh and they obviously are very specific to this particular um uh, issue uh, but of course i i think primarily as a preventative thing uh what we've been saying sort of all along is stay in touch with your friends make new friends be social uh make your the activities that you might do anyway make them social if you can and um and give give this subject airplay. You know, talk about it. It's it's not taboo. Um, it's recognised. It's scientifically proven. Uh, but it's a very low, uh, very early stage of of research still. And so, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways through it, and uh, all of those ways involve sort of social cohesion as well as sort of the the more physical elements of sort of like daylight capture and such like Mm. okay gents we have reached the end of our 11 ways to beat the winter blues so we've covered each and every letter of winter blues now um really hope that it's helped you guys listening and uh john and rob thank you so much for um all the research you've done for it and for imparting your wisdom to uh, you know help people who 
you know, are facing the winter months yeah. and and either to prevent them feeling the winter blues or to help them uh, if they do start feeling uh, a little bit like they're affected by the winter blues. Um, we, of course, want you, as ever, to get in touch and let us know if this or how this has helped you. We really want to hear from you guys. Um, so please get in touch on the Instagram at Father Nature mm. HQ or by email if you want, uh, fathernaturehq at gmail.com. Share pictures uh, with us of you on your walks or looking for signs of spring or socialising. Um, let us know... What we'd love, I think, is for you to let us know what your winter blues activity is um, yeah, to get in touch. We, we'd love to, to share that and help other people who are trying to think of uh, something for them to do themselves. Just anything related to this podcast, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, so please do get in touch. And thank you, as ever, for listening. Uh, this isn't the end of our winter blues mini series. There's going to be more to come throughout the winter months. But we hope you've enjoyed this one. Rob, Father, thank you very much. Thank you. And I'll speak to you soon. Will do. Take care. Cheers.